Welcome to Actual Facts. This is episode two. I'm your host, Michael Ali. Let's get right down to it. So, the big news this week was Attorney General Bill Barr coming in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee to give testimony on the Mueller report, of course, which is still big news, and how he gave a summary that wasn't exactly what Bob Mueller intended. Um, as we've seen that Mueller sent him several letters indicating that he was a little concerned with the way that his that bar summary portrayed the work that Mueller and his team had done over the last two years, give or take. Um, of course, it was a very partisan event. You know, the Republicans go light and the Democrats, some of them go hard. Most waste their time, really. Um, but not Senator Kamala Harris from the greatest state. That's California, if you don't know. My senator, one of them. She destroyed Attorney General Barr. Um, he was clearly nervous, stuttering, uh, trying to stall for time, asking her to repeat the question and so on and so forth. Um... She really got him on a question about whether or not Donald Trump has or has suggested that was the word that he was getting tripped up on, uh, pretending to, whether he suggested uh, bar open investigations into any people, clearly talking about, you know, Democrats or so-called political enemies. And he really just couldn't answer refused to answer that question. Um, the following day, he was due, I believe it was the following day, he was supposed to testify in front of the uh, House committee, and he didn't show. He was subpoenaed to show, and in true Trump fashion, they just blew off the subpoena. Just, I'm not showing up. We're not following those rules. We don't do that, because we're the Trump administration, right? They, they're going to just not do anything that they don't want to do. Their primary objection was we, we didn't, they didn't want Barr to be subject to answering questions from the House Committee's lawyer or lawyers as opposed to just the members on the committee. And after seeing him perform so poorly against uh, Kamala Harris's questions, who, as most people know, she was a former prosecutor um, and uh, attorney general for California. Um, he wouldn't have done so well, and he doesn't want to be dealing with anyone asking those precise legal questions that have to be asked. You can't just ask a regular question. He is everything that people hate about lawyers. That's Bill Barr, right? He doesn't want to answer the question straight up or down. He wants to play real, real specific, very, very much into the legalese of the wording of everything. And he didn't want to do that, especially after he got that work from Miss Harris. And I don't blame him. You know, it was it was embarrassing. I'm betting he was sweating underneath that jacket. You know, he was going for the water. He was getting sips. Um, 
It was good TV, though. It was good TV. I had to take the day off to watch that. But, you know, with, with, with these guys just refusing to come in or refusing to uh, honor subpoenas and follow the rule of law, you know, America is is crumbling slowly but surely. And this is how it happens. It just people are going to push the boundaries. Trump has been pushing the boundaries since he's been in. Right. And he does it just out in the open. He's not doing anything sneaky like. I mean, well, he's done some sneaky things, but he's not like Nixon, where everything is behind closed doors and it comes out later. I mean, golly, uh, 90 percent of Trump's things are just out in the open, open, blatant, flagrant, just no regard for the law. And Democrats just they are shocked. They are dumbfounded. They're scared of their own shadow, afraid to impeach. You got Nancy Pelosi out here still saying, oh, you know, he's, he's just not worth it. Right. And that's not why, you know, that's not why we put her in there. That's not why the blue wave occurred. That's not what what people are about right now. The people want a check, a balance, something brought to this administration. It cannot just be, hey, whatever they're doing, they're going to do and we'll try to beat them in 2020. It's got to be more than that. And if this guy, if you're not going to do anything, you know, what about the rest of us? What about the people out here every day working nine to fives, regular job, just living their life? And if we break any kind of law, Lord knows the book is getting thrown at us, right? Donald Trump is breaking all the rules. He's breaking all the customs. He's breaking laws. Nancy herself said they're obstructing justice by not coming in to testify, right? And yet you're not going to impeach this man as the Constitution requires? That's just, you know, that's some nonsense. You know, she was just getting an interview and she spoke on the notion that uh, we have to beat him. We, meaning liberals, if you haven't figured out, I am a liberal, uh, a real liberal, not just a progressive, quote unquote, who 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 isn't who is just on the left. I'm very much a liberal liberal. You know, I'm for right. I'm for everybody. But she's talking about the idea that Donald Trump is going to contest the election results. If he does not win, that he there will not be a a peaceful transfer of power. She's not the first person to bring this up. Um, Bill, Bill Maher, who I am not the biggest fan of. Now he's been saying this for a while, but even more importantly, or with more impact, uh, Sarah Kinzor has been saying this for a while. She's an expert on authoritarianism and she's been talking about Trump's autocratic, um, tendencies and she's been saying she did not believe that he was going to leave willingly if the election if he lost the election and if you've been watching Trump you would see that he has been putting out the notion and laying the groundwork that the 2020 election is not going to be uh, in his words legitimate 
They won't. They can't beat him. Democrats can't win legitimately. He's he's always you know he still says that he he won the 2016 election. The popular vote had if if you include if you subtract the uh, so-called illegal votes that Hillary got, even though every study has shown that there was no significant voter. Uh, illegal voters happening. That just you know, it's it's a figment of his and Fox News imagination, right? But he's been floating this idea literally tonight, which is May fifth. The president was tweeting. First of all, he he retweeted a comment from Jerry Falwell saying that um, Trump should be given two more years uh, added to his term after twenty twenty. So that he, because he's lost years uh, because of this investigation. And then Donald Trump, after retweeting that, he made his own statement saying that they they have stolen two years of his presidency. That he won't be able to get back. The witch hunt is over, he says. Make America great again. Oh, right. So he's putting it out there already for his his followers or his cult members, whatever you want to call them, these red state people. And, you know, I don't know if Democrats are ready for the idea that a a man, if you want to call him that, can lose this election coming up and then just somehow not easily transfer power to the winner. Uh, I don't, the, the Democrats don't seem to have any kind of plan besides, oh, we have to have an overwhelming victory. We've got to beat him by more points than 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 can be, you know, contested. And I don't know what that number is. I don't think that Democrats are ready for the the Russian meddling that's going to occur, that is occurring, that we know that they're working on. You know what? I don't. I don't even know what capabilities they have. You know, are they going to change vote totals? Can they do that in some states? You know, it, it, we're just not ready, and that's the scary part, especially in some of those swing states that were so close. You know, and we all know it's going to come down to what? What Michigan, Pennsylvania, that godforsaken state, Florida, you know, Ohio. Those states, you know, I, I live in, in California and we, we know how California is going to roll. Right. So. I'm not concerned about California, but those other states where the people just I don't know what's going through their minds, man, how you guys how, how people fall for this con man. Um, I guess maybe if you watch Fox News, Fox News all the time, you know, I, I, I dip into Fox News and. If I'm not, if you don't, if if you, if you watch anything other than what uh, Shepard Smith, um, is there anything else? I don't know anything other than Shep Smith. It seems like it's just crazy town over there. You know, when when real stories are happening, they'll be covering some random thing, some some Latino who committed a crime. You know how they are. They're always you know hyper xenophobic over there. You know. Tucker Carlson and and Sean Hannity, those clowns, and they just they they hype up their their base of 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 mostly older white people who do come out to vote, 
right? They're, they're going to show up. Uh, those are Trump's people, though, but they, they don't they don't even know. They don't know what they don't know because they watch Fox News and that's it. And Fox News is not a real news organization. They can call themselves that, but they're just not. If we're being honest with ourselves. And he's putting out these ideas that, hey, the Democrats are coming for 2020, however they can get it. They're going to cheat. They're going to have, you know, I don't know, another caravan. Remember the caravan? Remember when the caravan was going to ruin America? They stopped talking about the caravan right after the election happened, right? But, you know, he's still pushing that idea that the that the Democrats are going to steal the election. And he, he says these things, our, our president, your president, your president this, your president has done, you know, it's like dear leader talk. Right. And I don't, I don't know. I saw a poll from a year ago. I don't know how, how accurate it is today, but a year ago, 50, I think, I think it was 52 percent of Republicans would want to postpone the 2020 election if that's what Trump wanted to do. That's insanity. That's what we're dealing with. Total insanity. This man and, and his enablers, which we're talking about. Republicans in Congress and the Senate, I mean, someone has to step up against this guy. Do Republicans even care about America at all? Or is it just about their party, right? To maintain power for them because they know that their base, Caucasians, is, a, is, is holding on with all their might, right, to the last bit of political power they're going to have. Because at some point, you're looking at a nation that's really just going to be blue with the way that Republicans have jumped so far to the crazy right. And as the as the people get younger, or excuse me, as, as their demographic dies off, as the boomers die off, um, they're going to have trouble in these states. You know, even, you know, a place like Texas, which has been red for a while, it's getting a little purple, you know, it's getting purple. They're going to lose some of these states that used to be solid reds with the, with their policy positions that they, they currently hold. Right. But until that happens, they are just really, really power hungry and they're trying to keep it all. And the idea that we're going to have a president who doesn't leave if he loses and Republicans don't even say, man, that's just a nonsensical, that's a non-starter. They're not even saying that. You know what they're saying? This is what they're saying. Absolutely nothing. You heard that silence I gave you there? Absolutely nothing. Right? And if you're not saying something, well, you're part of the problem. Because Republicans have just been MIA the last two years. Uh, and it's just because their guy, who didn't used to be their guy, but because their guy is in office, right? So they're letting whatever he wants to do go because he'll install the one thing that he's done for the right that really keeps them going is he puts their judges up there, right? He's been putting judges in just unqualified people, right? Just stacking the courts. And they love him for that. And outside of that, 
I don't think that they even agree with the kind of stuff that he says, you know, his his tariffs and his positions on uh, North Carolina, uh, not North Carolina, come on, uh, North Korea, um, or even, you know, as much as Americans as a whole, the political parties, as much as they support Israel, you know, when he moved the embassy to Jerusalem, just on a whim, you know, I think even most, I won't say most, but a good number of, of Republicans thought that that was not the smartest way to go about that move or giving away, you know, recognizing the Golden Heights. You know, you, you can't just, it's a sensitive subject over there. You know, you, you need a, a scalpel, you know, and Donald Trump is a, is a hammer, right? And he just comes in there. And I think that honest Republicans know that he's doing damage or he's done incredible damage incredible damage to the to America you know and it's it's uh man the idea that he's you know a president's not going to accept the the loss and take that L man we we've got to get ready for that and I don't I don't know if Democrats have that in them right now I don't know uh, especially if we're still talking about, you know, falling in love with Joe Biden and and Bernie Sanders. I mean, look, I'm not saying that they're too old to be president, but we need some new blood in there. We don't need these 70-year-old, late 70-year-old guys coming in here We've had that. We've tried that. We've done that. Let's move on from you guys. Let's move on. Let's move on to the future, right? And you guys sit down. It's time for a woman. Let's let's be honest. It's time for a woman. Speaking of women, we can jump right to uh, the what will be this week probably the number one movie of all time. Avengers Endgame. And there was tons and tons of female representation and power shown. And it's good to see. It's good to see, you know, the Marvel Universe, you know, what is it? We're talking about 20, 22 films they put together to, to tell this entire story. And the last tail end of those stories we really got to see the beginnings of a much more diverse superhero universe. And that's going to really matter in the future, right? Like this, this was the beginning you got, even with all the complaints, Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars, Black Panther over a a billion dollars. And you know, money talks and that's all these studios care about. Nobody's listening to your complaints if they're making a billion dollars on the film, right? They don't, they don't want to hear it from those, those poor, young, and by poor, I don't mean, you know, financially poor, but those young losers who hang out on Reddit and 4chan or whatever and who are mad that a woman is in the, in, in, in the movie. Give me a break. Shout out to Captain Marvel. She saved the day. They were in deep, deep trouble. If you haven't seen the movie... I won't spoil it, but shout out to Captain Marvel. 
right? She came in. Shout out to Valkyrie. Uh, Pepper Potts. Hello. She made an appearance. Uh, great, great movie, man. If, if, if you think about how much time they invested in this series, and it's, it's really just turned out in, into a great, great adventure story. It's, it's long when you look at all the movies combined, but it's all cohesive and it comes together in the end with all these great heroes and you see the next set of people that they put together and you've got an African-American in Black Panther. I guess he's just an African, just an African. He's an African. You've got Captain Marvel over here. You've got Valkyrie, which I think they should do a movie about that. I would love to see, even if it's like, in you know, takes place in the past, how that even came to be and how that story works. Uh, my daughters would love that. You know, women make up a good portion of the movie going audience. They have money to spend. Tell their stories. Put it out there for them. I want to see it all. Get all the great comic book characters and get them going. If you're telling a good story, people will come. People will buy. And that's what Marvel has put together. DC has had a problem with the story, right? They have these iconic characters. Batman, uh, Superman. And they can't... Finally, with Wonder Woman, hello, again, we're talking about the women. With Wonder Woman, they put together a decent story, a decent film, got it out there, it made a good a bit, a good amount of money. Now, can they do that with, can they replicate that with Batman and or Superman? They don't have to try to copy Marvel and do the whole, make it a, a universe and interconnected stories and they're all taking place in the same world. They don't have to do that. I don't know if they're if they're capable of doing that, but um, they need to have good stories, and all the stories haven't been that great over on that side. It just hasn't been, and you know they they just need to really start over because right now you're gonna have like a, a, a Marvel's is gonna have a break here, not not like in between films, but this story. Is over. No more of the Infinity Stones. So that whole 20 film arc, that's going to be over. And they're going to start a new uh, uh, set of films, a new phase for Marvel. And they have a chance, does DC, to start clean. I know Affleck's out as Batman. I don't know about the um, Henry Cavill. That's his name, Right. I don't know if he's still doing Superman or not, but they have a chance to just start over. Clean slate. Those brands are so big, they can mess that movie up 10, 12 times in a row, and people are coming out for number 13, right? They'll give it a chance because Batman and Superman, they just can't die. These are, these are major, major characters, right? Long history, great stories. Uh, the comics, anyway, you know, the backstories of the characters. But they just have to get, you know, a good cohesive movie going and stop messing it up, man. Stop, stop having, you know, multiple, you know, who is Batman? I don't know. Like we know who Tony Stark is. We know who Iron Man is. We know who Thor is. We know who Spider-Man is at this point, right? They, 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 they just got to get it together, man. 
You know, I hope they can do it because I love those kind. I love these comic book movies, and I don't, I don't, I don't even read comics anymore. I read comics for a brief period of time as a child, right? But you know, I just like the movies, and I don't care if you're really following the comic to the letter of the law. And people who care about that stuff, get a life. All right, the comics get a life. Things have to change, even for real biographical movies they they change some of the facts right so if they change something in something that's fictional who cares man get a life enjoy the two-hour movie man get a life it's not that serious right it's just not that serious and then besides that coming to an end the avengers you know that whole series of great art if you will fantasy game of thrones coming to an end we just had episode four Man, I'm not going to say anything about what happened, but I was a little bit heated. Dracarys, Dracarys, I'm tired of it. Cersei has to go. I guess I spoiled that for you if you thought she was dead. Nah, Cersei's still alive four episodes in. She needs to go. That's one evil lady. I'm not so sure she won't end up on the throne, though. I just have a feeling that she might stick around. She doesn't deserve to, but if we're keeping it real in real life, a lot of the times evil wins, right? Evil wins more often than we want to give it credit for. But that's coming to an end. Um, and that's been a, a, a great a great set of stories, um, character arcs from beginning to end. You see like this real... 360 for who was who seemed to be like the most evil or most unlikable character early on uh jamie lannister who's come around to something something of a hero right and that's been fun to watch i highly recommend the show i highly highly recommend it if you haven't seen it Go on back, right? Go back to season one, episode one. Watch that show. Okay, catch up to it and then go back through old pop culture references and then you'll see what you were missing out on, right? It's worth it. 100%. Can't complain about my, the time I've invested in it at all. It's been worth it every single second. Now, let's move on to... um. I told you, now I didn't want to do this every week, but here we go, right? So here we go with This Week in Whiteness, one more time. And this time it's a little more serious than the Howard University story with the new gentrifiers walking on campus with their dogs and leaving a mess and so on and so forth. This Week in Whiteness, we're going to talk about that settlement that the Minneapolis Police Department paid or settled with the family of Justine Diamond for $20 million. And the officer who killed her, Mohammed Noor, was convicted. The first police officer ever in the state convicted for shooting and killing a person. Right now, you can remember not long ago, Philando Castile was killed on camera in the same city. And his family, eventually, they were awarded $2.9 million, I believe it was, and 
No conviction for the officer, of course. But let's look at something. Let's look at the key fact in the, the, the big difference in these two cases. The first case, Philando Castile, clearly a black man, murdered. Black lives do not matter in America, unfortunately. And in this case, it was a black Muslim police officer who killed a white woman. Okay, now, that black officer was convicted. They deliberated for less than a day, and he was done. Done. Cooked. Finished. And they handed out $20 million, right? That's, what, $20 million versus $3 million? Basically, you know, you're talking about seven times the money. And it's an unfortunate situation. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like the, the, the money makes up for those lost lives. But it's a clear illustration, again, about the role that whiteness plays in our society. Right? Racism isn't about, isn't always about, or even primarily about, Others, it's about whiteness. It's about the role that whiteness is going to play in relation to the black, the brown, the other, anything that is not white. And the value placed on this woman's life versus the value placed on that young black man's life. And it's just a tragedy all the way around. But when people of color talk about these things this is the kind of one of the things that we're talking about and you just see a clear difference that black police officer he's gone there's no blue lives matter for him right it's not blue lives matter nope no sir nope not this time he has to go because that white woman's life mattered and that black officer is going to jail and i agree with that but I also agree that the police officer that killed Philando Castile on tape, on video, he should have gone too. He should have gone too. And that's all we want is equal, equal justice under the law. That's what we want. Equal. Equality. Make it plain. Equal. So, I'm going to end this now. And I want you to have a great day or evening whenever you listen to this. And remember, always, always, always be kind to one another. Peace.